Life Audio. Hello, and welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast with Trisha and Michelle. We're just two friends reading through the Bible chronologically and encouraging you to do the same. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Daily Bible Podcast, or go to our website, dailybiblepodcast.net. We are going through the one-year chronological Bible, and we have links for that in our show notes and also at our website. And if you're on Facebook, be sure to check out our community group, which is Daily Bible Podcast. And Leave us a review if you have a chance on wherever you listen to us. You can go on Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts or any of the podcast app. Leave us a review. I texted Michelle one the other day. Someone left a review. And I'm like, look at Michelle. They said I such know, kind so things cool. about us. So it, it really is encouraging to us. And then also helps other people like, oh, okay, maybe this is something I want to listen to also. Mm-hmm. And we hope so. We, we we It's not that we want more listeners. We want more listeners, but we we want to continue to expand what mm-hmm. we feel God is doing. And that is while yeah. we're reading in, in community, we're learning in community. And so if we could just continue to share more and more about what we're learning with others, that's what we want to do. So yeah. yes, please go in and rate us and leave a comment. We'd appreciate that. Okay. So today we are reading 2 Samuel 8, verses 15 through 18. Then we're going over to 1 Chronicles 18, verses 14 through 17. And then we're backing up just a couple of chapters to 1 Chronicles 6, verses 16 through 30. Then we're going to jump over to 1 Chronicles 6, verses 50 through 53. Then we're going to back up and fill in that gap at 1 Chronicles 6, verses 31 through 48. Then go back to 2 Samuel and read chapters 9 and 10, and then finish out the day with 1 Chronicles 19. All right. That was a lot, but it all makes sense in the end. I love just reading it. It just ties everything together so neatly. Instead of like, what was this? When was this happening? It just it, it figures it out for you. So you know exactly when things are happening. I love it. So today's reading starts on a high note. Second Samuel eight fifteen says, yeah, I know. I love the high note parts. <laughs> so David reigned over all Israel and did what was just and right for all his people. And David's sons served as priestly leaders. And I'm not sure if I've ever read that before. It like, I paused I don't and I'm I like, did either. what? His sons were priestly leaders? Like, I know. what? <laughs> Like, really? I don't remember. I literally don't remember that before. But okay, then we once again get into a list of genealogy. And as we're reading, lots of names are popping out. So we've been walking with these people for a while. We read the list of Levites, so the descendants of Aaron, and the names of those who led the music in the house of the Lord after the ark was placed there. And it says they ministered with music at the tabernacle until Solomon built the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. Then we went back to 2 Samuel 9, and we returned to the narrative of David's story. And it starts with David asking this question, Is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Then it sums Mm -hmm. up Saul's servant Ziba, who tells him that one of Jonathan's sons is alive, and that's Mephibosheth. But he is a cripple. Now, this could have been a scary situation, because remember, kings would often wipe out 
the descendants of previous kings because those mm-hmm. descendants were often seen as threats. So it, even for Ziba to mention that this guy is alive, Mephibosheth, that could have been problems. But instead, David said, don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. And so David's like, Mephibosheth, don't worry. I got gotcha. you. I'm going to take care of you. That's such an amazing promise. I mean, to really think through that. I mean, he had to have known that he and this king, David, his their, his father and David were friends. But to really think through that and go, he's got my back. Like, really? Mm-hmm. He's got my back. I'm a crippled and everything. And yet he's got my back. That's yeah, and cool. especially at a time where they would just wipe out. They would mm-hmm. just wipe out all the descendants of remember um one of Gideon's sons went and killed all his brothers because mm-hmm. he wanted to be the ruler. I mean, it was sometimes in their own families and definitely in the family of the previous ruler. I mean, those so th- this is like grace upon grace. Like mm-hmm. not only am I gonna keep you alive, I'm gonna let you sit at my table and take care of you. Uh, which is so cool. Just again, shows David's heart. And then David set it up. So Ziba's son, which is the, the servant of Saul, who took care of or helped Mephibosheth, and servants were to farm the land that David was returning to produce food for Mephibosheth's household. So Mephibosheth was eating at the king's table, but then also these servants that used to be Saul's servants were not, they were also not killed. And then they are producing food from the land that belonged to Saul to care for Mephibosheth's family. So it's really cool. So then we moved to 2 Samuel 10 and we learned about how big events can arise from taking the wrong advice. And 2 Samuel tells the story of David's kindness toward Hanan, the king of Ammon, after his father died and how it was misunderstood. And it led to a war between Israel and Ammon. David sent messengers to express the condolences to Hanan after the death of his father and the advisors convinced him that the messengers were spies. And so they humiliated them. That's when they cut like half of their beard and cut their robes so their buttocks were showing. <laughs> that, I mean, that was humiliating. Um, that and so then was humiliating. It's like the, grown men to do that to them, and then like mm. go on your way. Um, and so then he sent them back, and David was angered by this, and he gathered his army to attack Ammon, and the Ammonites hired the Armenians to help. So the Israelites were fighting on two fronts. That uh Ammonites on one side and the Armenians on the other. But instead of getting discouraged, Joab, their leader, looked to God. And it, I love this. It's just Joab saw that there were battle lines in front of him and behind him. So he selected some of his best troops in Israel and deployed them against the Armenians. He put the rest of the men under the command of Abishai, his brother, and deployed them against the Ammonites. And Joab said, if the Armenians are too strong for me, then you are to come to my rescue. But if the Ammonites are too strong for you, then I will come to rescue you. Be strong and let us fight bravely for our people and the cities of our God. The Lord will do what is good in his sight. Mm -hmm. And that just encouraged me to see that this Joab, this leader, this commander of this army is depending on God. It reminded me of like, again, Joshua, like the Lord will fight for you or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just all those promises. Like again, this commander is leaning on God. And then remember Psalm 60 from yesterday, 
this psalm is David crying out to God during these events. And he said, save us and help us with your right hand that those you love may be delivered. Give us aid against the enemy for help for human help is worthless with God. We will gain the victory and he will trample down our enemies. So as they're out there fighting, David from yesterday, we had the reading right at the end that he was crying out to God also. So with God, we will gain the victory and he will trample down our enemies. So even though they're battling, this still is a high note because they are mm-hmm. seeking God in the middle of these battles. Well, and I love that you brought in Joab in this and and just his his words of be strong and let us fight bravely for our people in the cities of our God. The Lord will do what is good in his sight. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me of Joshua, but mm-hmm. Also, I I just can't help but think Joab was one of the mighty men. He was one of the men that was first to come and be with David in the cave of Adullam and, and, and continue to build this force behind David. How many years ago when Saul was after David and, and Joab is still with him. And I can't help but think that as David's leading these men, he's also got to be I don't know if you would say leading devotions, but they're learning spiritually. Yes, yeah, spiritually, a spiritual yeah. leader, not just a physical leader. Right. And, and they're learning from him. They're learning just who God is because David had, had this, this faith in him. And also Joab's from the family of David. So you know that there had to have been probably something that they learned when they were young. And it's just something that continues to bubble up continually, uh, spring up a well is where my, where my mind went. It's something that it. just continues to flow out of them is this extreme trust in God. But, I want to talk a little bit about the temple musicians because, you know, now that we have gone through many, 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 many years <laughs> of the Israelites and, um, and where they were supposed to be, you know, we've come from judges. We, we were in Joshua where they, you know, went in and they got the land. And then we went through all those years of the judges and now we're out of the judges. And, and so all of a sudden, we're talking about these temple musicians. And is this the first time since Joshua? I'm just curious. I can't remember if it's the first time, but if it, if it, even if it's not the first time since Joshua, we know that there was many years in there that there was not temple musicians and there was not. I mean, not- I think this is all that I remember. Although I did research just because I'm writing a novel on Hannah. Mm-hmm. And I think Elkanah was part of like the temple working in the temple okay. or mu- they were part of the musicians or musical family. Um, just that's from my side note novel uh-huh. research right now. But yeah. so it was happening. There was continued musicians, but this, I think, and re- correct us in the group if you know yes, differently. Please do. This, that's this that's seems, why we're asking. This seems up to me like this seems like you were saying that this is the first time it's really brought up again. Yeah. And, and I just love how David is putting these things back. Like he's putting these, he's being very intentional. He's not just going and conquering the land and conquering the enemies and, and building what he wants to build in his palace or, you know, his house. He is building back the spirituality in this land and he's 
pulling it back by one of these things is this temple musicians. I, I just feel like he's being a true king. Mm-hmm, he's leading mm-hmm. the people back to a right relationship with God. God didn't just establish him to rule and reign. God established him to rule and reign and be a man of God. And to that that would sort of rip, do a ripple effect throughout the community, mm-hmm. that David would put God back on the throne. And that's what we're seeing. But I just want to talk about this, this musician, Heman. This man is mentioned several times in connection with temple worship. So at the beginning of our, of our, um, our discussion today, when, um, it, there, when uh, David is assigning the following men to lead the music in the house of the Lord, he mentions Heman is the musician from the clan of Kohath. And this man is mentioned in connection with temple worship in the days of David and Solomon. And we'll read more about him later on when we get to First Chronicles 15, 16, 25, and also um, further on into Second Chronicles 5. But he was an important part of the ceremonies connecting with bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem mm. and the dedication of the temple. And, and, and just, he caught my eye when I was reading. So that's why I was like, I want to find out uh, more it's about It's so funny because I'm like, I don't even remember this guy. So <laughs> I'm so glad you brought this up, Michelle. This is awesome. <laughs> because I was just like, there's got to be something. He was one of the first men who was named in here. And I was like, there's got to be some reason. Well, mm. it goes on to Psalm 88 is actually attributed to Heman. It's a, it's a song. It's a psalm of the sons of Korah to the chief musician. And, um, and it's to Hebrew, Heman, the Israelite or Ezraite. And it shows a man who is well acquainted with sorrow and trouble because in verse three of Psalm 88, it says, for my soul is full of troubles. I am like a man who has no strength. And it goes on into verse seven says, your wrath lies upon me. And, um, and we just see some of these sweetest songs come from the heaviest mm-hmm. sorrow. And it makes me want to just, I don't know, crack open a window and see who this man is. And mm-hmm. what did David know? David obviously had to have known if he is, if he is putting this guy forward in the temple mm-hmm. of music or in, you know, for the music of the temple, he had to have known who this guy was. He had to have been a man strong of character. And I, I just, I, I love as we're as we're reading and as we're gathering and as we're talking amongst ourselves in community and as we're learning more about these people, I'm just like, David surrounded himself with some pretty incredible men and women, surrounded himself with men and women who were going to point him to God and who were not just going to point him to God, but point the rest of the people to God. And I I just love as we're learning more and more, we're learning about a man who was so intent on glorifying God and glorifying this Lord of Lords. And he surrounded himself with people who would do that. Too. Yeah, so. you know, we talked about Joab, and then now we have this human guy. I mean, it shows the character. You know, your friends, who your friends are, who you surround yourself with, do show your character a lot. And I love that you brought this out because my eyes skimmed over that name. <laughs> I wasn't looking at that at all. <laughs> well, let's take a break. We need to take a break, and we'll be back uh, after we hear from our sponsor. We'll have the word of the day up next. Stay tuned. 
The word of the day is summoned. It means mm-hmm. to call people to attend, such as a meeting, or to authoritatively, urgently call on someone to be present. So we see different people being summoned here. First, David shows kindness to Mephibosheth. Um, despite potential threats on both sides, like there's armies and all this stuff happening, um, David still restores this family land, Saul's family land, and allows Mephibosheth to eat at the king's table. David's son could have made a claim for the throne because that's what they did back then. Um, And David could have killed Mephibosheth to make sure this didn't happen. Instead, David issued kindness. He said, again, don't be afraid. I want you to eat at my table. And this is a picture of the loyalty and friendship that extended mm-hmm. beyond death and bloodline. Again, you know, you mentioned this is Jonathan's son. And so that loyalty and that friendship with this relationship of the, of Mephibosheth's father continues here. And David's leadership is marked by a willingness to serve and care for his people. And yet then again, his kind acts aren't always appreciated because then we have King Hanan who accepted the wrong advice. And so even David's act of kindness, he sent people to give condolences for this death and it was misinterpreted. So sometimes it leads to the wrong consequences. Yet Joab's leadership in the face of adversity, again, is inspiration. And then you, you brought up this other person, the temple worshiper guy, uh, Heman, like these, there's positives and negatives to mm-hmm. David's kind. And most of the time it goes well, but sometimes like with that one, with that Mm -hmm. one king, foreign king, it did not go well. Um, But in 2 Samuel 10, 17 through 18, when David heard what was happening um, with the fighting that was going on with um, King Hanan, he mobilized all Israel, they crossed the Jordan River and led the army to Halem and the Armenians positioned themselves in a battle formation. And I thought this was so interesting when it gets to the numbers. It said the Armenians fled from the Israelites. That time, David's forces killed 700 charioteers and 40,000 foot soldiers, including Shobach, the commander of their army. And this showed that no matter how many the enemy were summoned, because it talked about they summoned all these enemies to come and help them, um, they still lost because God was on the side. Of David, so we can be summoned or called, just like Mephibosheth was. Um, you can be summoned or called, just like the Armenians were called to come help fight the battle, and it can lead to blessing. It can lead to death. Forty thousand soldiers were killed, and seven hundred charioteers. They were summoned to help, and mm. they did not help. They ended up getting killed. So, I mean, it just made me think of uh, who who are we allowing to summon us? And is it for blessing? Is it for cursing? Um, God's side will always win. And it just made me think of our life. Like, who are we listening to? Who are we allowing to have authority in our, in our lives? And you may think like, okay, this doesn't apply to us today, but if we're watching certain media, if we're, you know, getting our advice from other people, we are giving them authority in our lives. We are being present. We are showing up. We are giving our support. If we're supporting certain movies or shows or books or people, we are being summoned by them. And uh, who are we? Who are we going to pick? It just made me think of uh, you. Never know who you're following, but make sure it's on God's side. <laughs> you know, I just as you're talking about summoning, and 
Um, it can be so little or it could be so big. I remember being summoned for a meeting, an all staff meeting at a ministry that I was serving down um, in Arkansas. And that meeting changed the course of my life. I mm. probably would still be in the South. I'd still be like, you know, just 10 minutes from my you, neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> And that meeting changed the course of my life when they said, hey, we're we're moving um, our headquarters. And I had to go through the next year and a half trying to think through what where is God taking me? Mm-hmm. Like where where is is God summoned me to go with them or is God summoned me in a different place? And over um, he did summon me to a different place. I moved to Michigan to produce radio for another ministry and and then it seemed like God continued to summon me to different different places and now I'm I'm worth another radio ministry and and we've got this daily bible podcast and I am now married so I'm not in Michigan anymore I'm down in Indiana and I just look back when you, when I um read in the notes that you used the word summon I was like I feel like God's been summoning summoning me with for the last, I think, three years mm-hmm. and pulling me in different places. And it's like, am I willing to go that next step? Am I willing to go where he is asking me? And that's really what we need to do when we feel God tugging on our heartstrings and is we, we need to continue to march forward and, and, and again, ask, is this where you have, is this where you have me, God? And trusting God. Yeah. And trusting yes. God because Mephibosheth, when he was summoned, um, he had to trust David's heart because he could have taken off and hid if he yeah. didn't trust David's heart. Cause really David could have wiped him out. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's could have been the purpose of being summoned. Um, but it said he trusted David's heart probably because of his friendship with um, Mephibosheth's father, Jonathan, and he got to sit at the king's table. And so what if he would have just rose up in fear and tried to figure out things his own way and gone and hid? Uh, first of all, that wouldn't have, David would probably would not have appreciated that, but he yeah. would have missed out on the blessing. And because you felt summoned, but you had to pause and you had to listen, you had to pray. Mm-hmm. We had conversations about it. Like, should I do this? And you were looking at different things and, um, but you felt like you could trust God. So even though it was completely out of your, your comfort zone, completely in a different location, um, God was summoning you for a new and different purpose. You would probably not be married to Joe now if you hadn't moved. You wouldn't have met him or, yeah. So God had a plan and it does take us stealing ourselves and quieting our heart and saying, okay, God, I will trust you. Just like Mephibosheth had to trust David. Right. Otherwise, we try to figure out things on our own and that's when we get in trouble. So, so yeah. in trouble. Would you pray for someone who is being summoned today that they I would will. listen? Yeah. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that um, that you do summon us and that if we are still and that if we quiet our mind and our heart, instead of trying to figure out our own plans, if we just open your word and be still before you, Lord, that you will lead us. And sometimes that leading is a phone call or a conversation mm. or um, have you thought about this? Or, you know, I was praying for you and God reminded me of this. It, you know, sometimes it is a verse in your word, but sometimes it is wise people that you put around us, Lord. But um, I pray that 
we will learn to listen. We will learn to be aware of your leading. Mm-hmm. We will um, learn who to take advice from, um, how to lean into others also that you place in our lives, Lord. And I pray that we will be willing to take steps of faith to be summoned into the things that you called us to, that you have a feast prepared for us, just like Mephibosheth at David's table. You have a feast prepared, but we have to trust you. I pray today that as you are calling us out, Lord, that we will be discerning to follow your call and to also um, be courageous to step out in those areas. And we thank you and praise you for all the things that you have planned for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are sending you off with some daily encouragement to get into the Word and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Again, if you don't have the one-year chronological Bible that we are using, we have links to that in our show notes. You can even find it in the Kindle format. Also in the show notes is a monthly and yearly schedule of the Bible reading plan that we are following. So tomorrow we are reading 1 Chronicles 20, verse 1, then move on to 2 Samuel 11. 2 Samuel 12, verses 1 through 14. Then we will read Psalm 51, smack smack dab in the middle Mm -hmm. of 2 Samuel. And then we will read 2 Samuel 12. We will finish off that chapter and read verses 15 through 25. Then we will move over to 2 Samuel 5, verses 14 through 16, how the writer of the Chronological Bible ever got all this straight, I do not I'm know. amazed. I'm amazed. <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to finish up tomorrow in First Chronicles first, First Chronicles 14, verses 3 through 7, and then First Chronicles 3, verses 5 through 9. And I just want to take a second here to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with Trisha and myself. You would not be listening to Daily Bible Podcasts without them. Go to lifeaudio.com and you're going to find other great podcasts on being a mom, on homeschooling your kids, on finances, on prayer, on so much, so many other topics that are going to encourage you in your walk with God. Go to lifeaudio.com. And we will see you here tomorrow. Bye-bye.